The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson with you today, as well as Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how has your Father's Day been so far? That's uh, been okay. Um, I've got brutal allergies going at the moment. I have just been hacking up a, a lung of of um, mucus and stuff. I'm sure everyone just loves to hear this. But yeah, it, it's a bit been struggling. Um, so I might sound a little weird today just because I'm just like, severely plugged up. But other than that, yeah, I mean, good. Had some good food. Didn't really do too much. We celebrated it like mostly last weekend because everyone was around. So today was just kind of just uh, me, my mom, and dad just kind of chilling. No knocks on the door. No ex-girlfriends coming to you. Nope. No ex-girlfriends coming to me. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's good because that could have been really bad. Um, you know, my father's day, it's, it's been a very bipolar day. And I say that because I've had some great moments, you know, some barbecue. We had ribs, sausage, chicken, uh, baked potatoes, pasta salad, a bunch of great stuff. Uh, also about seven margs deep right now. So I don't know if you can tell, but if you can, then <laughs> I apologize. But, uh, yeah, about seven margs deep, but I've also had some, uh, Pretty unfortunate things happened today, including um, my sons not wish me a happy or uh, a happy Father's Day, which was very unfortunate. So I had to leave the group chat because they didn't wish me a happy Father's Day. And then one of my sons, the most delinquent of them all, the one that I hate the most, came to me and said that their stepdad was better than me. Like, excuse me? Thinking that... Cam is better than me at COD? That's a joke. I mean, he he, he is. Sorry. And not, didn't even know he left group chat. So news to me. But all right. Uh, cool, cool to know. As you can see, Chase is the delinquent child thinking that Cam is better than me at COD, which is an absolute joke. You know, it, it, it actually reminds me a little bit. Um, it, it would be almost as if the Detroit Red Wings and the Columbus Blue Jackets came to Tampa and they're like, hey, Tampa, Florida's better than you. It's like, no, they're not actually. 
you wouldn't know what good is because you're fucking garbage. You know, that, that's kind of how it is with you and Dylan coming to me saying that Cam's better. Uh, no, actually, you guys wouldn't know what good is because, you know, you aren't good yourself. So you get it? I don't know why you're so pressed. I couldn't really care less <laughs> which one of you were better. Uh, well, see, I, I always want to be the best at everything, Chase, and you should know this. That's why I've got such a big head. And so mm-hmm. that's, that, that is what I promised Chase. I promised Chase that over the next couple of weeks, uh, no more vacations, no more going to Austin, Texas, no more going up to Mackinac Island. I will be home from here on out. So I promised him outside of the daily duties, like, um, making sure I get a workout in and making sure I continue to apply for jobs because my goodness, the job market is absolutely barren for sports media, which sucks ass. I can tell you that. Um, outside of that stuff, I'm going to be on an absolute grind. I'm going to prove that I'm the absolute best. I'm going to prove I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning of Call of Duty. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, dude. I mean, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be flying solo a little bit because I do not enjoy that game enough to be playing it with you. So best fishes to you. You know, solo makes me just that much better. I've got I've okay. got no one to rely on, so I got to do it all myself, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. But, Chase, today, for the Bolts broadcast, even though we got, uh, you know, our, our deepest, darkest thoughts off of our chest today, uh, we get to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and their series with the New York Islanders. And you know what's crazy? This is the first time since this series started that we're able to talk about two games. We've only been able to talk about one game the past two episodes. Yeah, it's just been, you know, kind of kind of quick hitters essentially but yeah i mean we, we get a little bit to talk about here uh some some good some bad but uh you know at the end of the day it's, it's good to have a, a little more content to go over because you know only getting one game on the show it's it's a little bit harder to fill in that hole you know especially because we've talked about it before off air uh when it comes to the nfl and other sports it seems like stuff is always going on especially the nfl because even in the offseason there's stuff to talk about whereas the nhl it seems like it's a pretty barren wasteland when it comes to news, even when the season's going on. So always good to have more content to talk about. Also going to be talking about Vegas, Montreal, do a little series update with them. Uh, award winners update as well. Got to be talking about that. And then after the commercial break, we got a bunch of different little things to talk about, including the expansion draft, some trade talk, and of course, players that are going to be free agents this upcoming year and uh, updates on their situation. But Chase, we'll first hop into that Tampa, New York Islanders news. We'll start off with game three. Game three went pretty well. I have to say so. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, of course, happy with the outcome. You were happy with the outcome. Tampa Lightning fans were all happy with the outcome. Uh, yeah, you, know, you know, the game went very well. Vasilevsky, you know, he played great. What's new? He, he's been great in these playoffs uh, up to this point in this game. Uh, and it was just, it was a good kind of game where Tampa, they, they really beat the Islanders at their own game. So they played a little more uh, conservative. Like they still took chances. You know, obviously they're an offensive team. They're going to take their chances, but they played, you know, a little more reserved, a little more defensively. It wasn't a, uh, you know, a high offensively shooting type game. Uh, it, it was more of a chess piece, you know, this move, the next move, blah, blah, blah. And you know, Tampa did a good job of kind of shoving the Islanders game back down their throat. Um, you know, so I, I was happy with the game. The only thing that doesn't make me happy is having to watch third round of the NHL playoffs on USA. Yeah, I agree with that. And hopefully that changes here with ESPN, obviously acquiring the rights of the NHL. Hopefully everything's going to be, you know, prime time, prime channels. But could you imagine if we get a third round playoff game on like ESPN th- three or ESPN plus ESPN U? There we go. They're going to throw it on the, yes. on the college channel because they had nothing else going on. Yes, that would be awesome. 
That would make me so angry. <laughs> All right, Chase. Well, then we talk about game four. And this one was a pretty thrilling game. And if it wasn't for, was it Ryan Pollock who just decided to ruin the day of all Tampa fans? Uh, if it wasn't for him, uh, we could have been going into overtime. Yeah. So if anyone did not watch this game, you know, 60 total shots, a little more eventful than the first game. Islanders come out with three goals in the second. Uh down three nothing going into third of course Tampa Bay Lightning they get two goals there kind of at the end you know they're making a, a big push uh they didn't really get a lot of chances there in the last in like that last minute uh, you know a penalty was taken as well so that that didn't help anything but with about five seconds left you know McDonough he gets the puck and about you know kind of like right in the slot right the hash marks has a little spin around a nice little move at whoever was sliding at him I don't remember Wide open net, backhands it, and Ryan Pollock gets it with the very edge of his glove. I, I can't believe that fucking puck did not go in that fucking net. That's my That was my reaction at, at the time. That's still my reaction. I go back and watch the video. It's like, how the hell does that play not end up in a goal? How is that not an overtime game? And if Tampa scores that goal, they're winning that game in overtime. Uh, let's be honest. The honors had no chance. So Ryan Pollock made the save of the season like that should be save of the year. And, and if the NHL voting, that should be save of the year. And that play is one of those plays where if you look at a Stanley Cup package or a Stanley Cup highlight reel that it, whichever way it goes, that could be the defining play for a team in the tournament. So if the Islanders somehow go through the Tampa Bay Lightning and go through whoever it is, Vegas or Montreal to win the cup. That is going to be a play that is remembered for the rest of time when it comes to the Islanders and their possible Stanley Cup victory. Whereas if it went Tampa's way, a crazy goal that goes in with 2.7 seconds left, uh, it'd be along the same line. So unfortunately, it went the Islanders way. So let's just hope that in these next two games or in two of the next three games, we can shut down the Islanders. So that isn't a play that is remembered because... uh, we definitely don't want the Islanders moving on. I've already talked about it so many times. If it's the Islanders versus Montreal, I'm not watching. I'm done. Yeah, and, and like I, I mean, I'm going to still watch it, but it, it, that would be a horribly boring series. Um, but that play, you know, if you want to put it in college football terms, that play, either way, the save or if it went in, if it was a goal, both those moments are Heisman moments. Every, every Heisman winner has their Heisman moment. It's exactly what that is. That's the perfect way to wrap it up. So, you know, it sucks that it didn't go Tampa's way, but if they can come back and take the series, then all is forgotten. It doesn't matter. They're in the finals. Um, But if they can't take the series, then that is clearly the, you know, the tie changing type of play. So we'll we'll obviously see tomorrow. uh, Game five will be going on and we'll, you know, we'll we'll get a better idea. But even if the Islanders move on and Montreal moves on, I'll still be watching the finals. Mike Mike might not be, (laughs) but I still will. You can just do the show solo if that's the case. Guess so. So for one thing to look out for going into game five, uh, whichever team scores first, they did end up taking that game in this current series. So the Islanders obviously took game one and they scored first in that and so on. You understand what I'm trying to say. So uh, for Monday night's game five, make sure to keep an eye on who scores first because the likelihood of them winning Currently sits at 100%. So uh, definitely want to be the first one to get a goal. But Chase, we now move on to the Montreal Vegas series. Uh, One that we've talked about a couple of times. We don't think that the Montreal Canadiens would get absolutely smoked. But at the same time, we don't think they're up to the caliber of the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, currently, before the game tonight at 8, they're up 2-1 to in the series. 
Yeah, a little bit surprising. I mean, it's I, I said this earlier in the playoffs. I think Carey Price can steal series easily. I think he's got that in him. But can he keep doing it the whole way? I don't know because, you know, his his play has declined in the last few years. Of course, everyone knows this. But man, he 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 is he is just going. He really is just going. He he's holding this Montreal team together. You know, it, it's like it's like someone shreds a hundred dollar bill and yeah, you like glue it all together with just like a, a glue stick. You find that's pretty much what this team is right now. It's, it's a glued together hundred dollar bill where you can just kind of flick it hard enough, and the whole thing's gonna start falling apart. You know, if if you flick Harry Price a little hard enough, if if you can understand him a little bit more than they are right now then I think that team falls apart. He's really holding them together. He's playing incredible. If they get to the finals, I mean, it, it's all because of him. Anything that happens from this point, it's all because of him. And the just absolute dumb part, at least on my end, looking at it, is Friday's game, it was dominated by the Golden Knights. I think at one point, I think it was at the end of two, Vegas had 30 shots and Montreal had eight, yet it was a tie game. Then it goes to overtime, and of course, Montreal wins it to lead the series 2-1 to one now, but they weren't even in the game. Like, it, it's strictly because of Carey Price, and it, it makes me so mad because a, a lot of the times I like to root for the underdog. I really do. But when it comes to Montreal or the Islanders, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. Like, you want to root for the underdog, but at the same time, you don't. Know, like, even though Vegas is clearly and they're not the underdog, it's it's a new franchise. You still like to see them get their first Stanley Cup win. No one's rooting for the, for this original six team that's left. You know, this is of the six original six teams, um, like Montreal might be the one to root for the least currently just because they're the most recent Canadian team to win a cup. They haven't really been an exciting hockey team my whole life. Uh, so, like, I, I'd so much, so much rather see Vegas win this series and get another shot at the Stanley Cup. It really is annoying, but game four tonight, uh, I am hoping that Vegas can tie the series up. If not, if it goes to a 3-1 series lead for Montreal, what are the chances that Vegas can make the comeback? We saw them do it against Colorado. It was a 3-1 series for Colorado. Is it different this time? It's it's hard to tell in the playoffs because, I mean, like Colorado was playing significantly better than Vegas all series and all of a sudden Vegas figured it out and put it together where, you know, like Vegas right now, they're playing significantly better than Montreal, but Montreal's still kind of pulling out these games. So if that's the case, you know, if, if they play better than Montreal tonight and they still lose, then there's zero chance that they're winning. I, I would put any amount of money down if they don't win the series, maybe not even win another game because at that point, there's nothing else you can do. Montreal is just that they, they, they just they have the luck right now. Uh, so I, I, I think it is different. Um, if they lose this game, then they're clearly losing the series. But if they win this game, I think there's no chance they lose the series. Okay. Understandable. And one thing before we move on to the award winners we have to talk about today, uh, do you want to quickly mention the skating zombie that was on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens, Jeff Petrie? Oh my God, dude. I, he should not have been playing in that game. That that, that he, I, I don't know what the hell that condition condition is. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on, but it, he looked like he took about fifteen Percocets before stepping on that ice. I, I don't think he was very okay to play in that game. It, it blows my mind. He looked horrifying at just red, red, red eyes. I mean, it looked like he smoked the fattest joint ever rolled. It, it was it was horrifying. I mean. I hope he hope he's okay. Hopefully he's not playing under that many drugs. Hopefully it's just 
I don't want to say hopefully it's just a condition, but at the same time, kind of hope it is because if you're forcing a player to play on medication that makes them kind of, you know, like 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 that heavy type of medication, like, like it looked like to me at least, you know, that that's not safe at all. So I, I don't know that that was just that was just a, a mess all, all all over the place. And hopefully we learn more about it once the Montreal Canadiens season is over because. We usually do hear about that type of stuff. We hear Bergeron's been playing with 19 broken ribs. I don't even know if there's that many ribs in a human body, but you know, you know, we hear about these gruesome injuries or effects that players have had to play with. So hopefully we get a little bit more info on that situation, but obviously that only comes with time. But Chase will now move on to award winners. Uh, we got a couple to announce here, so take it away. All righty, so... First up, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Jacob Slavin winning the Lady Bing. He's only the fourth defenseman to do so. He took one penalty this year uh, while playing, you know, very good hockey. He's a very good NHL defenseman. So good on him, you know, being in a in kind of a, I don't know what the word I want to want to use is, you know, like, like kind of like rare territory, I guess. So you're kind of in rare territory being a defenseman winning that award. So good for him. Moving on, um, Sasha Barkov, Alexander Barkov wins the Selkie as the best defensive forward. Uh, you know, it it's between him and Bergeron, really. Every year, I think the, those are the best two. Bergeron's been nominated for the award 10 years in a row for a reason. It's going to probably be renamed to his, his name, I think, when his career is over. It wouldn't really surprise me. So, uh, you know, Bergeron would have been deserving, but Barkov was also equally deserving, so good for him. And then finally, Rod Brindamore wins the Jack Adams. That's best coach for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, you know, he, he put together a hell of a team. They had a good run. Uh, you know, they, they fell shorter than they hoped. But there's a lot to be hopeful for as a Carolina fan. Uh, Rod Brindamore is one hell of a coach. You can tell players love him, and I think he's doing great things there. And I think it's amazing to see that the three award winners we announced today are all from the same division, all from the Eastern Division. So it's great to see representation out of them. And we get to see Carolina, obviously, with two awards here, Florida with one. Uh, just shows that Tampa making it out of that division, making it to the conference championships to the third round just shows that in the best division, they are the best team. So hopefully they can make it to the Stanley Cup and prove yet again they are the best team in the league. But uh, congrats to all the award winners, uh, especially Rod Brendamore. I really enjoy him as a coach. He's not had a long stint yet in Carolina, but a very successful stint. So hopefully that continues on. So congratulations to him. But that's going to do it for the first half of this episode. On the other side of the commercial break, going to be talking about some expansion draft, some trade talks, and some upcoming free agents. HF Boards is the internet's largest and longest-running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. All right, and we are back, Chase, and, you know, we are only a month away from the expansion draft and just briefly wanted to talk about the excitement that we have around this expansion draft. We've talked about it many of times, the Vegas expansion draft and that off season as a whole was one of the best off seasons we've had and we've experienced in a long time. And that was even with a lacking draft class. How excited are we for this upcoming draft class and expansion draft? I mean, it's the same kind of kind of thing. It's it's another year where the draft class is a bit underwhelming uh, with the expansion team coming in. 
but it's it's definitely exciting with the expansion team having the second overall pick this time around. Um, there's going to be some good players available. I doubt this team has the success that Vegas did. I still think they can have some success. They're going to be given some players with salaries to take on. You know, a guy like, like Justin Falk, for example, I know he's someone that the Blues fans really want his contract taken on, taken on because he's just not kind of worth it. But he's still a good enough NHL player and would be a good defenseman for Seattle. Uh, so, you know, like there's there's a lot of guys like that, you know, that, that they're going to have the ability to take. And that, it definitely is exciting. Um, unfortunately, our Tampa Lightning are going to lose a fairly key piece to, to our team. Whether we go seven or four, uh, like seven, seven, three and one, excuse me, or eight and one, whatever we decide to do for protections. Uh, we're going to end up losing, losing a couple guys that we don't want to lose, which sucks. But, you know, it's nature of the business. Uh, in a future episode, you know, we'll talk about the guys that we think we should protect again. We did it once, um, but, you know, things have changed. The playoffs have gone on. We've seen kind of guys develop. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to suck for Tampa fans when they lose somebody. Absolutely. And, Chase, one thing that I wanted to talk about, we briefly talked that the upcoming draft is going to be a little bit lower level than usual. And the next two drafts we know going to be huge. Shane Wright. Connor Bedard, Matthew Mishkov in the next two drafts. Going to be very excited for that. But I stumbled across an article on Twitter and it said Dylan Gunther is one of the best pure goal scorers in this draft. And I'm just thinking to myself, I I mean, you could put out a headline that says Owen Power is one of the top defensemen in this draft. Like, no shit. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty clear. And like Gunther is obviously a great goal scorer, but like... Uh, if, if you put him in other draft classes, he also doesn't come that near the top. Like he, he's a pretty clearly a good goal scorer. So you know, it's a fair point and kind of, kind, kind of a lazy analysis, but at the same time, you know, with this draft, it's all just kind of underwhelming, uh, you know, saying Owen power is obviously one of the best friends, but obviously we know that's the case, but like, he's not some sort of superstar prospect or anything. He's probably going to go first overall, but there's this guy I follow on Twitter. I can't remember his name. I don't know how his model works either, but regardless, he has this model that projects NHL stars and stuff. Uh, you know, previous first overall picks, those guys were usually anywhere from like 40% and up. Uh, Connor McDavid was in like the 90s. Owen Powers only had a 7% star um, like percentage. So that just shows where this draft class is at. You know, there's guys that are, you know, above the rest, but you put them in the other draft classes and they probably don't come close. I just thought the article was crazy because it's not even like yeah. they were going out on a limb saying he is the best. They just said he's one of the best goal scorers in this draft class. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, like I said, that's just lazy, lazy, like reporting. I don't get it. But uh, going back to the expansion draft, absolutely geeked to see what happens. Uh, it'd be crazy to see a superstar go like maybe uh, the Buffalo Sabres. They just decide, hey, Jack Eichel doesn't like it here. You know, we're fine with him going. He's just going to wave his no move clause so we don't have to protect him. And then, you know, Seattle, they just go ahead and scoop up a Jack Eichel in the expansion draft. He doesn't have to waive his no move clause because when you're um, under like a certain age and he's still at that point, if I'm not mistaken, unless or maybe it kicks in this year. I don't know. It's this year or next year. His no move clause fully kicks in. But um, yeah, he, he might not even be fully kicked in yet. So you might not even have a, like a choice to move it or not. Bam. There we go. Seattle gets Jack Eichel year one. That would be I think it'd be pretty electric. I would love to see that. Yeah, it would, it would be pretty crazy. Chase, next up, Jack Eichel. We just talked about him briefly. Well, trade talks are starting to happen. And I think that is incredibly exciting for me, you, the rest of the NHL community. But I think probably most excited is Jack Eichel himself. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he wants out of Buffalo. It's pretty clear. So he's going to get a change of scenery. There, there's some teams that are uh, some possible destinations so far that are more likely than the others. Um, there was 10 or 11 teams that Pierre LeBron listed as like just absolute no-goes based on what they want to return. Um, I, I'm trying to, th- I don't remember off the top of my head. I know, um, the Islanders, Penguins were two of those teams. Um, so like they, they want first round draft capital as well as, you know, like current NHL players and stuff and a prospect. Like it's obviously going to take a lot. It's Jack Eichel. He's a very good hockey player. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, some of the teams that are seen, seem to be favorites are the LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Minnesota Wild, the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Rangers. So we'll see more, uh, obviously here in the coming weeks. I feel like it's more of a like post expansion draft type of trade. Um, that's just kind of my feeling. So you know that Seattle possibility that would be super cool. Depending, maybe they take somebody that Buffalo likes and they're like, hey, let's just give us this guy, give us your first round pick this year and whatever, and then Michael's yours. So, you know, something like that would be crazy. They could have first and second overall. That'd be crazy. Absolutely. And Chase, out of those six teams you mentioned, uh, which again are the Philadelphia Flyers, New York Rangers, Minnesota Wild, L.A. Kings, Anaheim Ducks, and Columbus Blue Jackets, out of those six, which would be your least favorite destination for Eichel and which would be your favorite destination for Jack Eichel? Least favorite would be the Minnesota Wild because, like we all know, um, the boring team, the jerseys. I like. I don't mind the colors. I know you don't like the colors, but the jerseys are just underwhelming. I think they they had better jerseys and can do so much better. So just you know that combined, just like watching them play in, in that style, especially with this like uh, Kirill Kaprizov news that like he's having bad contract negotiations with Minnesota. He might be heading off to Russia. If that were to happen, then definitely not Minnesota. So they're probably my team. I least want him to go to most. You know, I, I want to say the Rangers because he's just he's just moving to a different part of the state. Um, he'll he'll still be in a big market. Uh, he'll be on a really good team already, and like it, it would be cool to see him like dominate on a really stacked team. But at the same time, they I think they could become like to a point where they're almost too stacked and too hard to beat. So I don't know. I, I guess if I had to choose one, it would be the Rangers. Yeah, least favorite for me, Philadelphia Flyers. We've talked about it in last episode. The teams I root for the least, the Flyers would be in the top three of that ranking. Um, Favorite? I really don't know because I don't love any of these destinations for Jack Eichel. Uh, I think the team that could use him the most would be Columbus, but Columbus feels like another Buffalo situation where he might go there, not get any help, not make the playoffs, and just one out yet again. So uh, I do want to see Columbus have some success and, uh, you know, do something because they haven't in their whole freaking franchise's career. But I feel like Jack Eichel is just going to be feel like he's right back in Buffalo because of Columbus. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there. So I'm not really sure where I'd want him to go out of those teams. Maybe one of the California teams. Maybe he goes to Anaheim, um, matches back up with Trevor Zegras and John Gibson, American kids that are very good at hockey, but we'll just have to wait and find out. But Chase, moving on to the Arizona Coyotes. Oliver ekman Larson, one of the... Uh, well, I wouldn't say he's one of the top defensemen anymore, but he, he is still a very good defenseman and has been a very good defenseman for many years. Right now, they're working on a possible trade. Yeah, so I, I don't know exactly where, you know, there were talks before in the season, last offseason, about OEL being moved. Uh, Arizona's just, they're, they're kind of stuck in purgatory, really. They, they can't be a good enough team. They can't be a bad enough team. They don't have their first-round pick this year. They, they, they got to 
really, you know, try to take advantage of the value that some of these guys still have. OEL is one of those players. Uh, so who, who knows where he'll go? What we'll see in this offseason. But I think he'll still get a decent return because he's still, you know, a, a pretty talented player. Um, I, I just I feel like it's going to be more of a, you know, a contender. So it's not necessarily going to be a super high draft pick. So it might be, you know, a first round pick plus a player or something like that. But I definitely will not be surprised to see him moved. It's just too bad to see the Coyotes waste yet another incredible talent with Oliver Ekman Larson. I mean, so many, so many times have they just wasted really nice talent because they haven't been able to put it together. And my question for you, Chase, is will they ever? Is there a chance that the Coyotes ever put it together? Let's say that they don't get Shane Wright, they don't get Mishkov, they don't get Bedard, but they do get good players out of those drafts. Will it happen? Without those players, it won't happen in the next five to eight years. You have to get superstar players to build to like turn the team around. Like teams don't turn around in the NHL without superstar players. You know, whether you want to admit it or not, Mark Stone is a superstar player. I know you hate him, so like you can't say all oh, Vegas doesn't have any because because they do. Mark Stone's a superstar player. They got you need one. But that's about it. Yeah. Shut up. And so, Okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> Head ass. So you, you got to have at least one of those guys in your franchise. You know, if you can have two or three, yeah, obviously that's like a lot better, but harder to do. So if they don't get Shane Wright, if they don't get Memphis Mishkov, if they don't get Connor Bedard, if they get, they got to hope that they can, you know, get a shot at a guy like, at like Matthew Savoy or maybe Adam Fantilli in the following draft. Um, you know, those guys would be the next best chances at being star players. But they, they really need those superstar type guys. So if they can't get those guys that you mentioned, then there's no chance in the next five to eight years. And it's unfortunate because I like the Yotes. Uh, I don't love them by any means. I'm not rooting for them all the time or anything. But it's one of the, the – this is the perfect example. We talked about it earlier. We like rooting for the underdogs but not Montreal the Islanders. This is a perfect example of an underdog story we will root for. I think the Coyotes, they've just had very unfortunate circumstances, whether that be stadium licensing or not being able to get the right players in the building. But either way, it's an underdog story that I would like to see have some success. So unfortunate for them. Hopefully they can get the right people in the building and turn this team around and make it good for the first time in ever. Yeah, I mean, they they made it to the round of playoffs once. So that's about it. It's just been a perennial, very underwhelming team. And it sucks because we want these markets, uh, these smaller markets to succeed. because It's just better for the game. So you hope that they can figure it out one day. Uh, maybe down the road, Austin Matthews will hit unrestricted free agency and go back to his hometown and play for them. And that can change everything. But obviously, that's a stretch. So we'll see. I know there's a lot of excitement about that when Austin Matthews is coming out. How cool would it have been to see him go back to his hometown of Arizona playing for the Coyotes would have been awesome. But Chase, final piece of news before we hop into hockey name of the day, uh, Dougie Hamilton. He has permission to now go seek other teams and there could be a possible sign and trade coming for the Carolina defenseman. Yeah, that's another guy that, I mean, Seattle should really kind of think about because he's a pending UFA, if I'm not mistaken. So if, if they can, uh, you know, talk to him and get ahead of his rights early, they can, give up something, you know, like a, a fourth round pick to get him. Then you can just sign him you know, like, or like you sign him and then you trade him for that, whatever the hell it is. Um, Cause it's, it's just, it's not him in Carolina anymore. It's just, it's not a fit anymore. They've got younger guys, guys that are ready to take his role. Dougie Hamilton just never really fit anywhere in the NHL. And I think Seattle could be a great place for him to do that. So I really hope they're the ones that make that move. And I really don't think it'll take very much. It'd be very worth it for them. And Dougie Hamilton, one of those guys that has been on many teams, but he's a, 
very good player. He's been good on most teams that he's been on. So to see him constantly moving is a little bit of a surprise for me. He just can't find that permanent home. Yeah, it, it definitely sucks. So like you feel for him because there's got to be something going on behind the scenes too for a reason that doesn't like work. Um, you know, it's kind of like the whole um, what what's what's his face that I'm drawing a blank on the football coach, the Chiefs. Uh, Andy uh, OC. No, the oh, OC. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy. Thank you. You know, like a guy who you know Eric Bieniemy is a guy who super, seems super qualified for head coaching jobs, but he's not getting him for some reason. Um, and you know he's had all these interviews, so you have to assume that it's something going on in these interviews that's just not clicking. You know, same thing, Dougie Hamilton. It's something behind the scenes that we're not seeing, just has to not be clicking. So maybe he can find you know a better fit in Seattle where he can play a big role. You know, help build a team's culture. Um, you know, maybe that'd be good for him. Going to be exciting to see what happens with him, Jack Eichel, OEL, and many other players this offseason. But that's it for the main show. Moving on to hockey name of the day now. And Chase, this is a a very fancy name. And I feel like for the first time ever, the first name is going to be giving me more issue than the last name. Uh, We're going to go Arseny Sazanovic. Just Arseny. Arseny Sazanovic. Yeah, the last name wasn't too hard, but... I don't know. So I was saying I, I like this name. I, I, for some reason, I like the first name. I like the last name. So our boy Arseny, he is a uh, 17-year-old defenseman. He's draft eligible next season because he has a November birthday. But he's from Belarus, played in the U18 league last year. He's making the jump to the top Bel- Belarusian league next year. He, he's a decent player. You know, you know, nine points uh, for U18 for the U18 Belarus team. They play in the second level pro league, so they're playing against like older talent, and they usually get their shit kicked in. Uh, so a lot of guys, they don't, they don't put up great numbers there. So nine assists through 38 games is pretty solid. Uh, we'll see him with a bigger role next year. He's the type of guy that definitely could get drafted by an NHL team. It'd be, you know, a sixth, seventh round pick. But he's still got some steps he's got to take to get there. Uh, but I think he could do it this year. I think he'll have a decent role with that Belarusian team that he's going to be playing on. Uh, but we shall see. And that's what we're hoping for. Again, multiple names on Hockey Name of the Day, yet not one that we've seen a lot of NHL success from. So, so to see Arsene get drafted in the NHL would be an absolutely glorious day for this segment. Absolutely, it would. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. Chase, if you could, give him a quick outro, and we'll get out of here. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, support us that way. We'd really appreciate it. That's not just us. It's the whole network that you'd be supporting that way, and you get some exclusive content, so might as well check it out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. And you can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter, at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. You can get your hockey content, your football content. You get everything you want out of those three uh, networks and all the podcasts within them, so make sure to check them out. Make sure to go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You can find our blogs there as well. Go read our blog. Uh, there's more blogs on there, too, and there will be more to come. So make sure to check out the blog. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. Don't forget to use code THPN when you sign for DraftKings. And I'm going to go rest my voice. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.